under the starry sky there were shepherds taking care of their flocks during the night watch. It was an ordinary night. The animals were gently and quietly grazing. But soon that ordinary night was to be interrupted by glory. Something caught their attention. Soon the shepherds realised that they were no longer alone in the field that night. An angel stood before them and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel comforted them saying, don't be afraid. I bring you good news today. A saviour has been born in Bethlehem. He is the Messiah and he is born for you. The angels told the shepherds where exactly to find the baby boy, the gift of hope, come down to earth. He'll be wrapped snuggling in cloth and lying in a feeding trough in a nearby stable in the city of David. In the blink of an eye, there was a glorious multitude of heavenly hosts appeared surrounding the humble shepherds with glory. Together their voices lifted up an angelic song of praise to God and in that breathtaking moment, the heavens boldly proclaimed the glory of the one who not only knew the stars by name, but knew the name of these humble shepherds in the field. This quiet night turned into the most glorious of nights and the shepherds hurried off to find the baby boy. They found him lying in a feeding trough exactly as the angels had said. The shepherds couldn't keep this good news to themselves. They told everyone they met about the angels of the heavenly hosts, the young couple, and the precious Christ child. And all who heard it were amazed. Just as we continue to be amazed, as we remember that night, that moment, when hope was made known to us. If you've been around church for any length of time, You'll have heard the stories of the shepherds countless times before. But have you ever stopped to think about the reality of that night? <coughs> the impact it must have had on them? We've been thinking about it and wondering how they would have described the events of that particular evening. And although we can't be sure of how they really felt, this is what I think the shepherds may have wanted to tell you. The night was, was clear and, and the, the, the stars were, were bright. There was a, a chill in the air, but, but not unusual for, for that, that time of the evening. There were four of us. We were gathered round, a, huddled round a small fire, talking, just sharing stories about the experiences that day. So this evening began, well, just like any other evening. From time to time, we would hear a noise and our eyes would, would strain into the darkness and, 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 and then down the hill towards the lights of Bethlehem. But 
It was normally just some sort of passing animal or the snore of a sheep. The truth is that people didn't come up here very much. They, they, they didn't really like us, if we're honest. No one wanted to be a shepherd or even to be near a shepherd. In fact, why would you? <clears throat> it's a dull job. It's dirty. It's, it's just dangerous. The R's are antisocial. Shepherding is a lonely profession. So we keep ourselves to ourselves, separate from the rest of our community because we know what people think of us. We are the bottom rung of the social ladder. Our work makes us ritually unclean. So we are banned from the temple and from actually every religious practice. You know, we are not even allowed to give testimony in a court of law. We're the outcast. We're the lowest of the low. And, and because people don't actually know us very much, they don't trust us. They assume we're thieves. We're, we're untrustworthy. Now, I've got to admit that maybe some of us probably are. You don't want to leave your money lying around here. But we're not all bad. It would appear that, that God has chosen an odd audience for the announcement of the news of his son's birth. If you, were a, if you were God's PR consultant, I guess you may have chosen different choices. You would have probably taken out an advert in the New York Times or the London Evening Standard, but that is not how God did it. God turns <coughs> expectations upside down. So when Christ entered this world, God in his wisdom chose an anonymous teenage girl as Jesus' mother. His son's birth took place quietly and without ceremony. And the announcement of his arrival takes place on a hillside to shepherds of all people. But this certainly wasn't without its own drama. As I was saying, this night began just like, like any other night until something in the night sky caught my eye. It looked human, but it wasn't like any man I'd ever actually seen before. First of all, he's in the sky. He's up there. And he scared me. And I'm not easily scared. But not only could I see him, I could, I could feel him because there was an intensity about his presence. By now, we are all just staring. And for that, in that moment, there is just deathly silence. I could feel my heart thumping, thumping, thumping in my chest. It was racing. My head is spinning. What, what, what do I do? Do I run away? But I, I, was, I couldn't move. I'm frozen to the spot. We all are. What's going on? Then he spoke and there was power in his voice, a terrifying authority. Don't be afraid, he said. It's a bit late for that, I thought. But as he continued to speak, something began to change within me. The terror that I felt began to ease. I felt excited. There was this strange feeling of of hope. Yes, I, I think in that moment I began to feel 
hopeful, and, and we were astonished at his words. I bring you good news, he said, that will be... that." will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And then there were more of them, countless heavenly beings, creatures, angels. We, we didn't know, but the air was heavy. It felt like a weight pressing down on me, a magnificent, reverent glory. I was on the ground, and although the terror had gone, I, I felt a different type of fear. Heaven was touching earth. And as the angels worship God with adoration and love and in a mix of awe and reverence, honor and, and worship, they give glory to the transcendent majesty and holiness of God. <laughs> and we were part of this. We joined in. And all I could think of over and over again, why me? Why us? I'm not a good man. I'm unclean. I'm sinful. See, what I deserve is death, not to be in God's glory. And in that moment, I just felt painfully, painfully aware of my sinfulness. I'd never felt like this before. And then I remembered... A story that my dad had told me when I was a child about a prophet called Isaiah who experienced God's powerful glory. And in that moment, surrounded by worshiping angels, I think I knew how he must have felt when he said, there is no hope for me. I am doomed because every word that passes my lips is sinful. I live among a people whose every word is sinful, and yet... My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I thought I was going to die. But like Isaiah, I found hope in the words of an angel. Salvation had come to me. It has come to me. And I'll never forget that moment when the light of God's glory lit up the night sky as I listened to the song of heaven's army ringing out across the hillside. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And I was trembling with joy. And I heard myself shouting at the top of my voice, glory to God. To him be praised. The gospel message prompts great joy. Joy is the right response to a God who fulfills his promises. A God, the God always fulfills his promises. The shepherds are told to share the joy of knowing that the ruler and rescue of the world has been born. Ultimately, Jesus is the only one that saves people from death.
who turns the prospect of meeting a glorious almighty God from one of terror to one of joy. Jesus brings peace between God and anyone who recognizes his Christ and knows him as their savior. So the question for you this morning is whether the news of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection fills you with a similar emotion. It should do. As you reflect on the Christmas message, allow the Holy Spirit to renew your joy at the coming of Jesus Christ, a joy that should lead you to praise God for his mighty salvation. But let's get back to the story. Just as quickly as they appeared, they're gone. The countryside was dark and silent again. And I began to pull myself together to, to, to crawl back to my feet. And I can remember thinking, am I alive? And, and then, have I just dreamed all of this? But I could see from the white faces of my friends that this is no dream. What we had seen, what we had heard was going to change us forever. It wasn't a big decision to go to Bethlehem to see if what the angel was saying was actually true. Not that we really doubted. How could we? And yet when I got there, there was this sense of surprise. It is true. It's really true. Right down to the detail of the baby lying in the feeding trough. And seeing him there, just as I was told, was enough to remove any shadow of doubt. This was the Messiah, the Savior. He has come. By now, I'm, I'm struggling to hold back my emotions. God's Christ, God himself, the Lord, has been born. And, and even now, what, what still brings just a smile to my face is that he chose me to hear this wonderful news. Why was I the first to be told? I'm not a king. I'm, I'm not a politician. I don't have money. I'm certainly not privileged. I'm not even religious. I am poor. I am despised. I am an ordinary shepherd. I've, I've thought long and hard about the reason why. Why me? And the only conclusion I can come to is that Jesus Christ came for people like me. That's why I was the first to hear ordinary people, the poor, the despised, the lonely, the sad, the unloved. Jesus came to save me. He found me. And I found hope, just as God had promised. And yes, I'm still a shepherd. I went back to the fields, back to the hills, back to the sheep, back to my normal, ordinary life. That's who I am, an unknown shepherd. You don't even know my name. But God knows who I am. 
You see, in a much deeper way, my life was never the same again. I met the Christ. That's why I'm telling you what I saw, what I heard. Christ the Lord has come into this world. And you may think that I am crazy if you want to, but I know it to be true. I just can't keep this fantastic news to myself. I want you to know the truth that Jesus saves everyone who comes to him. We are aware that Christmas may seem especially bleak for some of you at the moment. After the year we've had, there are so many people who are alone, bereaved, and struggling with isolation. But it is people like this Jesus came to save. However, despite all these challenges, the Christmas message still remains the same. A message of hope and joy. We need to be praying that the good news of Jesus, our Savior, will flood the hearts with immense joy. And that the love of Christ will transform lives this Christmas time. It might seem easier to go through Christmas, Christmas mechanically on autopilot but it is important that we take a moment to pause and align our hearts to the praise of God and give thanks for sending his one and only son into this world to save people like you and like me. And as we finish, I want to encourage you to respond in two ways to this message. First, like the shepherds, you are invited to rejoice over the miracle of Christ's birth. In one sense, it doesn't matter who you are. The joy of Christmas is for everyone, the rich, the poor, the happy, the lonely, the forgotten, and the greatly loved. Remember to take time to thank God for the joy that is freely given to you because a Savior has been born for all people. And then to give thanks that he died and that he rose again to save you from your sins. But also the, remember the words of the prophet Isaiah who prophesied about Jesus. He said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61 verse 1. And I want to suggest to you that you have a part to play in this prophetic word that has ultimately be filled, that has ultimately been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. So I'd like to encourage you to think how can you practically show the love of Jesus to sad and lonely people this Christmas? It could be as simple as inviting someone to join you this Christmas day who'd otherwise be alone. Pray about maybe who God would lead you to, to reach out to, to maybe make a phone call to, or just to pop around with a small gift. But how can you show the love of God to someone this Christmas time? Secondly, I want to encourage you to tell others that Jesus has come to save, even if it means that 
you run the risk of looking slightly stupid. It's not better to look and feel a little bit foolish rather than to keep such life-giving news to yourself. There are so many people this Christmas time who just need to know that Jesus is both Savior and Lord. And I'm confident that God will use your faltering testimony. That's often how we, we feel we are when we're sharing our faith and telling our story. But God will use your faltering testimony to have an, a similar effect to that of the shepherds. Luke, who wrote one of the gospel, tells us that some who heard the shepherds were amazed. But there was at least one who heard and kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And you have got no idea how God can use you, just a simple word, a simple smile, maybe a simple gift, to bring people to Christ this Christmas time. Let's pray. God, thank you for the joy that's generously given to us because of the birth of your son, Jesus. Thank you for calling us by name. Today, I ask that we glorify you by sharing your joy with others. We love you, and today we choose to worship you. Amen. Amen.